Traveling the Vortex. We've joined the Doctor as he travels the Vortex and arrive at episode number 392. Remember to always make your incompetence sound like an achievement. I'm Keith. We've been doing that for seven years. <laughs> I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. How are you guys? Achieving. <laughs> we are achieving great things, aren't we? Did you guys have a good week? I did. I did have a good week. It was a long week because, well, between recordings anyway. Yeah. Uh, we had elections. The reason we're recording late tonight is because uh, we have a primary election in Kansas on Tuesday. Well, we did yesterday. And uh, I had to work a lot this week, so... I worked a lot last week too, but anyway. So uh, apologies for this one going out late. It may even hit the feeds later because now I'm preparing for a garage sale this weekend. So hopefully and I can find a little time in between. Mel was at a conference in Cincinnati and got bumped from her flight, and I had to go pick her up Sunday night, which is when we normally record. And then that bumped into Glenn's work time. Right. So Keith is the only blameless one in this uh, <laughs> in, in this lateness. Did I tell you guys yeah. I wa- I finished Cloak and Dagger? No, no, so good. And the finale, I thought for the series, the, the season finale, I thought was very satisfying. Um, I felt like that series kind of found its feet early, and then kind of swayed a bit, but then really took off after I don't know probably about the fifth episode. And I think it just it it found it. If you guys haven't watched it yet, it's totally worth watching, even though it's on the free form, even though it's game, you know maybe aimed at a slightly younger audience than us <laughs> it's really really well done a lot of a lot of fun we watched uh pacific rim uprising it was okay it wasn't nearly yeah. as good as its predecessor and i what do you think when you got to the <laughs> you see did you see the moment where it was like this kind of sucks this kind of oh all right this isn't too bad <laughs> yeah it was kind of <laughs> it's robots fighting each other for far too long <laughs> And then it kind of gets a little interesting, but goes in a kind of a weird direction. Um, if they ever do, they set it up for a third one. If they ever made one, I'd, I'd watch it. I don't know if I'd rush out to the theater to see it. Of course, I didn't rush out to see this one either. So, <laughs> then we also watched The Wrinkle in Time, which is trippy. It's probably one of the trippiest Disney movies I've ever seen. <laughs> I don't remember the book very well, so I can't be too disappointed by it. In fact, I barely remember the book at all so it didn't necessarily make me want to go pick back the book back up though so eh. giant oprah and a reese witherspoon that turns into a leaf creature <laughs> there's a nice hamilton reference in it though oh yeah which i know is not in the book <laughs> <laughs> likely not sean what'd you do uh we went and saw the spy who dumped me which is pretty terrible <laughs> uh, but it's Mila Kunis. Yeah, and I love uh, Kirsten, uh, Kate McKinnon. McKinnon, oh, Kirsten, yes. And um, it, it's strange because it, it it veers wildly between that really over the top goofy comedy and a legit action film. Like there are some stunts in this movie that should have been in Mission Impossible. That, that they're just that impressive. But then they go and make goofy movie joke again and it's like you can be an action movie with some comedy or you can be a comedy with some action but you can't do what you guys are doing because the tonal shifts are just you know and then they would get into a gunfight and people would die like really horrible horrific deaths that were not funny and it's like 
I feel about those. So, and uh, I don't know if we talked about Mission Impossible Six last time or not. I don't think so. Oh my God, it's so good. <laughs> I, I I've said it before. I'm continually amazed by the Mission Impossible series because it seems like it's I, it's the only franchise I'm aware of where it seems like every successive film is better than the one before. <laughs> and this one's no exception. It is just incredible. I also watched, uh, just remembered, I watched Glow. Uh, actually mainlined it. Last week I started watching it. It's the, oh, it must uh, be good. <laughs> yeah, it's the one on Netflix. It's about the... the it's women the wrestling. Glow, yeah, right? Glow sta- no, uh, wrestling. wrestling. Yeah, it stands for Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling. It's only about 10 episodes a season. Is it even 10? Yeah, it was 10 episodes a season. It was really good, guys. Hmm. I was shocked. It didn't seem like something I'd like, but I do. I'll have to give it a shot. Anything else? I don't think so. All right. Well, don't forget you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Store, Stitcher, TuneIn, Player FM. If you're listening to us through the website, you can continue to do that. And uh, please leave a review on any of these uh, number of subscription services. Um, we sure would appreciate it. Should we move on to some news? Let's. So, Series 11 has wrapped. Yay! It's official. They're done filming. That's our first bit of news. Yay. <laughs> that just means we're that much closer to the premiere. Well, you, we usually read kind of you let you tell us the news, and then we react. And I'm like, yay. <laughs> well, that's my reaction. There's been so little coming out about Woo. Series 11 that just the fact that they finished. Is, yeah, that's, that's news. <laughs> is morsels. Uh, some really interesting news. There's been an update in the BBC court case. Oh, yeah? So... <laughs> It was uh, Stephen Moffat who uh, leaked it. <laughs> Wouldn't that be funny? Uh, <laughs> we we tracked it back to stephen.moffat at troll.com. <laughs> <laughs> so, of course, we discussed last time that BBC asked California court to force the online platform Tepatalk to produce information. So, uh, in a recent, they recently filed a request uh, in Washington State... Uh, which apparently is asking Microsoft to disclose details now. Ah. Um, it appears that the clip was stored on OneDrive and shared that way. <laughs> Not a torrent site. Yeah, isn't that like a... It's a, you can have a... Pay a subscription. It's like Dropbox or Drive. Yeah, it's it's or Microsoft's Dropbox. Microsoft's <laughs> cloud-based system. So they're trying to get the information from Microsoft now of who uploaded this clip. Moffat! I think it's interesting that it's not, you know, some nefarious back dark web website that it's, you know, everyday OneDrive. Oh, see, I disagree. Well, I, I'm on the opposite side. I'm not surprised by that at all. I mean, that's what people use all the time. People feel like they're really know, protected. Uh, really, if it's going to be something services. like that, I figured it'd be Google Drive or Dropbox. <laughs> yeah, but people think they're protected. People actually, use OneDrive. People think they're protected behind those cloud services too. And it, yeah, nah, it's doesn't that just sound more and more likely though that it's an internal issue? That it's once again that it's an accidental leak and not necessarily a nefarious. Somebody out to no, not to spoil me. It. You don't I mean, think so? no, because many people use cloud storage services now. I don't. No, I don't see that as. I'm, I'm more inclined to believe it's just BBC being oops. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're going to go through this whole rigmarole and chase their tail is what I think is going to happen. <laughs> or it was a 
oh, I'm going to send this to a friend of mine because he's a big Who fan, so I'm going to put it in OneDrive. And that friend shared it out. Yeah, I suppose that could be, yeah. So in a way, they would be t- chasing their tail, but then there'd still be the person who actually put it out there who wasn't with the BBC. Well, that's the other thing is, is it illegal to upload it to OneDrive? No, it's the sharing it. Yeah, so, I mean, you could probably find out who put it on OneDrive, but that person could probably say, well, yeah, we were prepping this clip, and I put it, you know, on a right on a safe cloud service so that I could work on it later or could move it somewhere else later, you know. I I don't know. It just seems like it's it's going to be a wild goose chase even if they yeah. do figure out who uploaded that clip. So weird. We'll continue to watch. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I've gotten to the point where I like I don't even give a care anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious now. I I think that's an interesting development. Uh, something else, uh, the Doctor Who Appreciation Society uh, has won permission to honor William Hartnell with a Blue Heritage plaque, which will be placed at Ealing Studios in West London. That's cool. I think that's really cool. Um, which, that was, of course, where they first filmed the first episode. Doesn't say, this article does not say where, when they're going to do it, but it's going to be upcoming. Very neat. And then our last bit of news comes from our good old friends over at Big Finish, who always has something for us. They have announced that Tom Baker's Fourth Doctor Adventures will continue until at least 2021. Ooh. And the next box set they've announced is a return for Series 9 is a return to eSpace. Oh, cool. So we're going to have... Romana, with, as played by Lala Ward, Adric, and John Levine as K9. John Levine is no, K9? No, John Levine. I said that wrong. John, John Leeson. Okay, thank I, you. As soon as I said it, I, I knew that I was just wrong. Saying, I just saw a picture posted with the four of those guys, and I assumed that must have accompanied this news. And then you said Levine, and I, what? Okay. Leeson. Leeson, yes. Yes. You know, K9. K9. <laughs> So it's going to be Volume 1 and Volume 2, one coming out in January, one coming out in February. Uh, writers include Mark Platt, Jonathan Morris, Alan Barnes, and Andrew Smith. Very cool. So four stories in Series 9. We got need to get cracking on Fourth Doctor so we can get up to this stuff. Well, you know, there was so much of... Live action. (laughs) (laughs) Took took us a while to get to Trocken. That's true. (laughs) Uh, Series 10 will have him reunited with Leela in four double length audio adventures. Cool. That's it for news. Any excuse for more Tom. That's right. Yeah, yeah. We'll move on to feedback. This week's feedback we have Holly. Holly writes Hey guys. Episodes, I suppose I should include the uh, Daleks Master Plan 6 through 8. Hey, guys. This section was good. That's glad, why I should include glad that. You ba- I'm glad you backed up for that. Well, 6 through 8, you know. The escape from the Daleks in Episode 6 and then in Episode 7, the Doctor being protective of his companions by checking the readings and not wanting to let them out because of the air pollution, only to find out that the TARDIS has landed on planet Earth. This has changed a little in later regenerations with the Doctor just barreling out the door and come what may. 
unless the reading checks were done off screen. <laughs> Episode 8. The Doctor loves his cricket, even in this incarnation, by landing momentarily on a cricket patch with an ongoing match in progress. A nice surprise appearance by the meddling monk. Still no love lost between him, the Doctors, and his companions. The ending of this block, with the Daleks being sure of their upcoming conquest of the universe, is a good way to end it, and that the threat could be well within their reach. I'll wrap it up here. Holly from Wisconsin. Thank you, Holly. Thank you, Holly. And of course, don't forget, you can send us feedback by going to our website, TravelingTheVortex.com, and filling out the Send Us Feedback tab, or send it directly to feedback at TravelingTheVortex.com, or on any form of social media. Just reach out to us, and we'll read it out here on the podcast. We should mention, for anybody that doesn't know, we're also individually on Twitter ourselves. Um, You can find Keith at uh, Vortex Keith. You can find Sean at Vortex Sean. You can find me at Vortex Glenn. If you want to uh, send correspondence or chat with us on Twitter, uh, directly, you can do that as well. Keith is E I, I am A U, and Glenn has two N's. <laughs> and we good. should also give a shout out to the Goodreads Book Club, which Holly uh, uh, is in charge of for us. So go on there and take part in the conversation of whatever book we're reading this month. Whatever book is it? I'm pulling it up now. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor uh, Who Heroes and Monsters Collection. I put you on the spot. I'm sorry, Keith. I was heading there. <laughs> and, of course, the poll for September is currently up. Cool. And That's, as always, uh, a big thank you to Holly and the other ladies for running that for us. Yes. Yes, again. Um, cool. Let's move on to our reviews. Coronas of the Sun. The Doctor, Stephen, and Sarah escape Myra in a Dalek pursuit ship. But when they find the ship is returning to Kimball, they are forced to come up with a new plan to avoid the Daleks. Bum, bum, bum. For all of them? No, this one gets a bum, bum, bum. I'll let I was going to say, because we haven't it. really been doing Yeah, we haven't really been doing it. Yeah, yeah. So. I just feel like we need some sort of synopsis. The, 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 this, oh, one, that's fine. this one in particular I thought was a pretty good episode, although the title is like, there there was no Coronas, there was no sun. It had nothing to do with the rest of this episode. I don't understand that. <laughs> really, other than Stephen, there was no feast in the Feast of Stephen either. <laughs> That's true. Unless you're metaphorical about it. Well, to be honest with you, I never saw a volcano on. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, there was. Oh no, there was no volcano on that planet. There was a lot of lava spewing well, okay. around. It was a they volcano. Were in, they were in. A, they were in a crater, but I never saw a volcano. Okay, but it was a volcano. <laughs> that one's more excusable. So let's be fair. And if you uh, believe the comic book that we're reading along with it, it was green lava instead no, of. that's true. Instead of that's true. Red lava. So. <laughs> that there's what you call poetic license. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed this one too. Yeah, I, I I feel kind of bad in a way that we're we're. I feel like I'm spinning my wheels just a little bit in regards to, well, I can't necessarily give it a review because nothing's happened yet. I mean, we 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 do get, we we escape the Daleks. This one specifically is a bit more wheel spinny. And the next one, which is odd because I this in a way this was. This is one of the better ones, just because of how we, I mean, we're, we're, we're captured. We're just flat out captured. They've got us. And then we're not. It's, it's in a capture and escape. But we steal a Dalek ship? <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, how else were we going to go off the planet? <laughs> that, that was cool. Well, do sex machina. This is Doctor Who. Anything could happen. <laughs> <laughs> but we stole the ship. All right. Cool. You know. And then we land on the planet. We have to bluff our way out of the Daleks and, you know. Uh, on the plot to, you know, 
I think duplicating May- yeah. the time, uh, the uh, core, the Terranium core for the time destructor. Um, I thought that was kind of cool. Um, is this, yeah, this is the one where, I'm sorry, I, I watched this so long ago now. I'm trying to <laughs> recap. This is the one where Steven suggests using the. Uh, yeah, and goes ahead and does it and gets yeah. paralyzed and in the force field. So he's going to charge it with gravitonium or gravity. Something like that. Gravituvium or something. I don't know, whatever it was. Whatever made up word they came up with. Uh, and so they like, they no, 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 that's kind of old school. That, you know, was proven to be dangerous. And then he goes ahead and does it anyway. And I thought. That seemed a little out of character for Steven, but that's kind of the MacGuffin for later, so I see why well, they went it's... that route. But I think Steven, some, well, sometimes he does things I think, oh, Steven's a smart guy, and then sometimes he does things that I think, well, that wasn't a real smart move, Steven. So I guess maybe this is really in his per diem. And I always forget throughout, unless we're reminded in something like this, that he's from the future and is a pilot. Yeah, it's a spaceship yeah. but pilot. He's not from this far in the future. No, but he is from the future. Um, I always think of him as more a modern day human. Yeah, 1960s human. Oh yeah. So it's the fact that he's you know playing into those strengths more in this, even though he doesn't quite do he does do the right thing, but does it stupidly. I really appreciated the fact that they're remembering the fact that he is a pilot, he is from the future, and playing those strengths up. It's kind of like the, well, he's not, the Perry botanist. You mean the, you're, you mean the writers are remembering his from yes. the future? Okay, I got yeah, you. Yeah. I said because he's not to the well, doctor. But, maybe, no. maybe we, don't, we don't know, but maybe in his time, the gravitonium is... Well, we do know because the doctor says, you know... It's that, outdated that, now. That, it's outdated. But, it's, right. they, 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 used, they did that, but they learned that it's dangerous, and so they don't do it anymore. And Sarah's even going into that, you know... Too, you know that's that's foolish because that's kind of and she even she equated it to Troy. She made a comment about <laughs> Troy. Troy which I used was, treadmills. Yeah, exactly. That was it. And I thought that's kind of weird that, Did that they? they specifically went to Troy, Troy having previously. come from Troy. And I wondered if maybe that was maybe a little wink and a nod joke to the audience that hey, these guys just came from Troy. So, well, it's also well, I have a question though. Did they use treadmills in Troy? <laughs> no, we don't know. Okay. We haven't got to the Myth Makers yet. <laughs> It's also kind of an interesting, just to, to maybe help justify it. This is the first companion that Stevens now technically playing second banana to, because uh, 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 with everybody else he's been more advanced than than mm-hmm. the other companion with Vicky and with. Uh, oh, Vicky was well. She was future, from the future, future as well, time but I, I still get the impression that Steven was from further along. Maybe not, but. I don't know. I don't remember if they ever specifically said what year she was from. Vicky and Stephen stories we've watched. Uh, The other one one with the meddling monk. uh, Time Warner. She seems. Meddler. Time Meddler. Meddler. (laughs) She seems more on top of things than he does in that one. Um, But he's green to the target. He's green, yeah. The chase. Um, I mean, they're not together long before. It's just the last two episodes, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. That's all I can think of. Obviously, they're in the Myth Makers together, but you guys haven't seen that. So, surely there's another one in there. Well, and then later he's in the. Is it the War Machines or the. Well, and, and when he's with Dodo, yes, I, think, I definitely think that's he's. That's the chase. That's the. That's the end the of chase. The chase has the mechanoids in uh-huh. it? Yeah. Does it? Yeah. Yeah. That's the last story in that one. Huh. No. Yes. Yes, the chase has the, the mechanoids. The chase has the mechanoids. Because there was a reference to the mechanoids previously in this story. What's the one with Barbara and uh, Chase? Okay, but that's not Steven. 
Yes, yeah. they pick he, him up. They pick him up on the mechanoid. He's prisoner planet. of the mechanoids. Yeah. At the end. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I guess Sorry. Galaxy You really Ford. haven't had much sleep, have you? No, I haven't. <laughs> Galaxy 4 he is actually, the other one. That's the one where he plays two parts. He plays the... Because he's the rube on yeah, the... Okay, the, the, I'm not crazy. All uh, right. He's the bumpkin on the... Uh, uh, Empire State Building. Empire State Building. And yeah. then he, they turn around and he's cast as Steven. And then he they, stows away on the planet. Yeah, on the target. he stows away. But he, he, he's from a more advanced place than Ian and Barbara. Oh, much more. I, I, and, and, I, this is sticking in mind. I think he's from the 24th century and this is the 25th century, I think is, was referenced at some point. It's the so. year 4,000 at some point in this. Oh, no, yeah, you're right. Whenever he's from, he's more advanced <laughs> than, than the previous companions until Sarah Kingdom comes on and now she's from a time more advanced than him. So all of a sudden now he's on the receiving end of all this stuff as opposed to being the one explaining or maybe it's 30th century and 40th century. I can't remember, but anyway. There's two consecutive <laughs> numbers there when they're referring to it. My point being that maybe that is what kind of helps justify the randomness of this decision is that, well, yeah, so, and he's going to go and do it anyway. Yeah, no, I don't I just, it still feels a lot of, a little out of character and out of place for me, for him. On the other hand, he does, again, he does some foolish things in uh, uh the gun fighters. He does some foolish things in the chase. Um, so Galaxy I mean, Four too. Yeah, he? Galaxy Four even to a point. Oh, there's another one that they that's the other together. one. Yeah, Galaxy Four. Uh, there's some things that he does a, a, a bit foolish and maybe a bit brasher, or thinks he's his idea is better than anybody else's, or 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 not that he's being conceited, but that he's just he's very headstrong. So he's going to do what he what needs to be done to you know help in the situation, and so I think. Maybe I can kind of, it just, it seemed a little, well, the doctor doesn't think it's safe, but I'm going to do it anyway. You know, just that, that seemed a little odd. To was me. it this block that he and the doctor were, seemed much more combative throughout the entire thing against each other? I think just in those or scenes, just because over then the doctor, the, the doctor feels a little bad for him when he gets, because yeah. he, he ends up putting the force field around himself. And, but then the doctor ends up using him, which I think the first time that I, listen to this i thought i'm not sure what's going on here or maybe it was because i was listening to it even though i think i was you're kind of keyed in early enough that obviously he's got this force field around him it's probably not going it's probably going to be used in a sense that daleks aren't going to be able to hurt him right i think it's a bit telegraphed but i thought the first time that i listened to it i didn't that didn't quite come across and i thought this is weird why are you got putting steven's life in danger <laughs> Um, but now it's even though he's using Steven, it's very clear, especially at the end or near the, the end of this, that the doctor really knew what he was doing. Although he did say it's good thing he only shot you once. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that, that was that was the gamble. Yeah, that was the gamble. That was the part where I went. Mm. <laughs> like I was kind of sort of okay with it, like you. I was like, oh, why are you doing that? fluid link? Okay, yeah. That's... <laughs> the first doctor's thing but doctor's a bit apologetic though i mean which is a little unsurprising for this or a little surprising and maybe a little uncharacteristic for this doctor although he has yeah. softened by this point I yeah think a lot of that's thanks to vicky but well he even is almost dismissive when he gets the shock and is you know he's like oh he's unconscious he'll be all right <laughs> he's lying on the floor come on at the rate the story was going i thought they had killed steven even though i knew he had lived going on beyond past this i don't i've seen stories with him in it past, beyond this but i don't know when he leaves so yeah. but 
get you know that that being the delivery system for giving and this is was this the first one that spooner took over dennis spooner took over yes i believe so okay so um based an idea yeah by by terrence nation um the uh terry nation you're god i'm tired you're getting there um (laughs) the uh it, it, the resolution works out. I mean, it's a, they, they've got to figure out a way to hand off this tranium to get them off their tail. I thought that it was a little interesting that they the, the Daleks allowed Mavic Chin to talk them into playing along with it. I thought that was a little simplistic, but I was okay with that as well. And then just having the delivery and then the shooting him, the doctor saying, you know, nope, <laughs> I'm out of here, bye. That's yeah. another element that I, I, I am appreciative of this one because normally when we see the Daleks team up with somebody, we know that they're just, it doesn't matter if they're bringing you tea or not. We know they're going to turn on you eventually. And well, they're, we're, they're just they're, waiting. They're always using you. Yeah. You just don't know it yet. But in this one, Mavic Chen is fully aware that they're planning on turning on him and he continues to find ways to prevent that from happening and the Daleks treat him with this barely contained sense of oh you just wait <laughs> the, the the one it's not the Dalek Supreme but the the one black Dalek is, is very much and it's weird because it's just standard Dalek dialogue there's nothing really going on there but to watch those two interplay with each other you can tell there's all kinds of tension in the room <laughs> And the, the Daleks just, all right, you wait, it's coming. I'm going to gut you like a fish. And Mavic's like, you're going to try, but you're not going to make it. I just, I find that dynamic is really interesting between yeah, the two of them. I would agree. And so much of it is not even said. It's just yeah. kind of, just kind of there. So, and some of that is the underplay of we know the Daleks so well, right? Um. I guess maybe I'm, I'm retroactively applying that. Then, a little maybe. bit. I think another thing moving forward, I think I I find it odd that they set down at the end of this episode and the doctor's warning them that the outside, you know, it's it's dangerous, high levels of it's toxicity so out there. Poisonous. Can't go outside, there's poison. And then only to turn around the next week and find out we've landed in on Earth in the 1960s, modern in day 66. Earth. 66. And it's they're in front of a police station, and then I I sort of kind of put it together this week is especially since the comic book that we're reading skips Feast of Stephen altogether, kind of put it together, and I wonder if maybe they originally had planned to take Christmas Day off and not air an episode because Feast of Stephen's the one that aired on Christmas Day, and then decided later well maybe we should, but decided that well but we're right in the middle of this you know multi story arc. Are we going to do a Doctor Who that steps away, or are we going to do a Doctor Who that is part of this? And I think they, they came up with the clever idea of making a fun Christmas light romp. But I was really appreciative of the fact that they continue, they do, they keep the thread by saying, "Is the Terranium safe? Yes, yeah. it's over there. Are you know the Daleks are still be coming after it? You know, so they they at least allude to that. So I'm appreciative. But I wonder because. Toxic air, and then we after that on the following episode they land on uh, is it Maris? Is that the name of the planet? Uh, no, Maris was the uh, one they got transmatted to. Um, whatever this one is, and I can't remember the what volcano. They called it. Yeah, the volcano planet, the la- the green lava planet. Green anyway, lava. I wonder if maybe that was the intention there when Spooner kind of wrote that he was already writing ahead to well the 
levels will be toxic out there. But they, did they, I can't remember. Do they even really explain? They do. Okay. They, they give a drop line. Oh, they of, say that the scanner you, was wonky. Well, no, and, and he, he says something along that lines, and then the fact that the two of them are from such advanced times with much oh, purer right. air that that's this would really right. affect them poorly. That's right. And then they lets do. them leave the TARDIS later anyways. That's right. <laughs> the, the scanner was wonky. That's why he had to go outside. But he didn't bother uh, <laughs> warning Stephen when they go back to the 1800s right. to the <laughs> time of Doc Holliday and the right. yeah. <laughs> Quiet Earp. And, oh, yeah. Well, there was no, no, no pollution then. Yeah, well... <laughs> Apparently Stephen was already was okay when they landed in sixty six. So, <laughs> so he so eighteen sixty six was fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um what do you guys think of this episode just being what it is? Let's it's talk just, to Stephen. It's kind of lighthearted. It's kind of fun. It's it's really kind of feels like appropriate Doctor Who for Christmas nineteen sixty six. I think I would like it if they were moving pictures. <laughs> I, as it is, I don't like, especially the Hollywood theater, uh, Hollywood set aspect of it, because there's so much chaos and I can't hear what's going on. Half the dialogue you can't understand because there's too much screaming in the background. And at first I thought it was just, you know, whoever recorded this, there was screaming kids in the background or something. But then I listened no, that's closer the and that's actual. And what kind of movie studio lets their sets be like that <laughs> i don't care how much uh laurel and hardy business there is running around <laughs> there still wouldn't be that much chaos say chaplin was there so it would have had to have been warner was, brothers or united was, artists it was before but yeah, I mean, well but we don't know that that was actually chaplin chaplin it could be somebody true. pretending to be chaplin because yeah. i i think there's another there's a bing crosby reference, yeah there's and a that's bing, the only well, thing we had to the do. guy leaning against the tardis did you watch the animated version yeah, by the way yeah. so you did so i got leaning against that the didn't TARDIS. Help it much he doesn't look like bing crosby at all but no. he makes the that makes mention to it so i think that was uh, the idea in fact i think a lot more of the characters in the hollywood movie uh set scene were supposed to be homages to hollywood actors of the early days, uh, the like, 1920s. Was it, was it, was it actually Rudy yeah. Valentino? Yeah, that was exactly. To be the I and... think all of them were very much homages, but not, it's not readily said, with the exception of the dropping of the Bing Crosby, yeah, Bing Crosby line. Right, that, and uh, the Charlie line, because he talks about Chaplin also. Oh, he does say that, yeah. The clown right. does. So. I like the idea behind the, the movie theater part. I think it could have been a lot of fun. I'm glad it wasn't longer than just half of it. Yeah, there's a little bit too much running around and chaos in the background and, and filling. That's what I think happened is they probably well, the, came up with enough gags yeah. for, uh, you know, to, uh, to put in script. And a lot of the gags had to end up being sight gags beyond that. And I think it just ends up And it seemed so. like some of the sight gags were even off camera sight gags. You think so? Like the car crashing and stuff. Oh, yeah. Although they could have probably used stock footage of film, yeah, they might have from the 1930s, I mean, you know. So it's hard telling. Yeah, BBC did not afford a car; it was all off camera. <laughs> I loved it. I thought this episode was fantastic. Like Keith, I was a little concerned initially because it, it, it when when we got to the Hollywood set, it was very loud and very chaotic, and I had that. What is going on here? And then it clicked that not only is this a comedy, it's a farce. Yeah. That it's a complete off the rails. We're not taking any of this seriously. Just go with us. It's Christmas. 
Okay. Oh, uh, on the other I, hand, I got that aspect of uh, it too. I and I I watched both the recon and the animation, and I just couldn't get through it, or I had trouble getting through it because I couldn't enjoy the comedy because I couldn't, you know, understand what was happening. There's a lot of screaming and there's a lot of yelling, and in, in most farce situations, that has the tendency to kind of be the default setting that this is well, how we're going to deliver the dialogue. And I think they relied on a lot of slapstick humor because of the 1930s setting that they were doing because a lot of films, comedy films in the 1930s were very comedy. visual. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Very visual and, yeah. and not a lot of dialogue. Um, the interesting thing about it is, though, it you, yes, I agree that it's farce, but on the flip side, it still fits within the continuity up to a point um, because it's all on a movie set. So you right. can do it and still say, well, maybe this is just kind of a screwball set. This is a, this was the chaos that broke out when everybody, you know, is trying to get uh, the next Douglas Fairbanks when they see Stephen. And they think that the doctor is this uh, Egyptologist, no, uh, uh, Arabic uh, studies do- uh, guy, you know, that's there to um, verify the authenticity of the uh, chic set. Um, so... You know, it can kind of works. It's as out of sense, place yeah. as the um, the Halloween episode of, of the Chase <laughs> Frankenstein. Oh, yeah, oh, well, maybe more so. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, oh, we're doing this. Yeah, okay, <laughs> maybe more so. <laughs> well, I liked the fact that they actually went the extra step and did the silent film placards yeah now i was gonna ask because i it's been so long since i watched the recon of this in fact i don't even think i got through the reconstruction of it because that's when i ended up finding the animated and thought well this is a little better does the reconstruction do the they have the placards as well so the sad thing about this particular story is this of all of the doctor who that's missing right now this is the one will never be recovered because when they sent this particular story overseas for sales they didn't send Feast of Stephen because they didn't think it would work, that nobody would buy it because, number one, it's Christmas heavy. So a lot of the markets in Africa and, and, and were they sending to Asia at that time? Yeah, they must have because of Hong Kong. Um, that wouldn't have been something that would have any of those countries would have cared about. Uh, the only option would have been to Australia. And I believe that they didn't even go to Australia with that one. But Australia completely... Uh, turned this entire arc, I believe, down and didn't even show Dalek's Master Plan because they thought it would be too much. So they 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 didn't even run Dalek's Master Plan in Australia, if I remember right. So this is the particular episode that does, that was never made to be a film print to be shipped overseas. So this one will never ever be will will never see this one mm-hmm. ever again. So that's the sad. That's thing a shame it. because I think I would enjoy it more if I could see it. Yeah, if we could see it, it would certainly. Because <laughs> the first half of it, I I thoroughly enjoyed the the bit with the police station and all of that that was going on. Although not a lot happens, but no. we get another capture and escape. So yes, <laughs> I will say this: it, it was if, very entertaining capture and escape. In regards to the animation for this <laughs> one, if if we were if we were just talking about this as a as a, a story that happened to be animated, I would probably complain a little louder about how primitive and how poorly done it is. Um, and I've certainly said that about some other ones, but knowing that it's a, a, a recon or that it's an animation of a recon and that it's one that for sure we will never see again. 
And then it's fan done. And then yeah, it's fan done. this is completely amateur fan yeah. done. Yeah, off the shelf software. I mean, with with all with all due reverence to loose cannons and the and the people who work on the recons, I appreciate especially the the loose cannons. The fact that you know they have things we were discussing earlier, like you know taking a Dalek and actually kind of moving it across a background set in addition to the flashing lights and doing some rudimentary almost animation or, or computer animation pieces with it. I'm very appreciative that they put that level into it because it does make them a little more engaging for me. But having a choice between a recon or even something as rudimentary animation as this, I'll take the animation yeah. all day, every day. I, I'm and the same way. So I, I, I fall back on what I said last time. If somebody wants to tackle that project and use off-the-shelf software and animate everything that's missing, go for it. I will watch it. Yeah, <laughs> I would agree. I would agree with that 100%. I mean, um, I'd, re- I'd rather have Cosgrove Hall, but I, <laughs> I, I will take this in a, in, a, in a pinch. Ideally, I think that the as good as, we obviously haven't finished this, and maybe this is more of discussion for next week. But as good as this story is, I think that the BBC and Two Entertain would get their money out worth of animating the missing episodes of these oh, stories, yeah, and giving us something to look at. Um, we've got at least four stories that are there. Or is it three in this one? Three, we've got we got at least three. That would be a lot of animating to do. Um, but hey, look back and they animated the entire Power of the Daleks, which was six. Right. So you're going doing nearly as many there uh, with this story as well. So maybe just a few more. Well, if you so. include Mission to the Unknown, we're dealing with twelve. Is it twelve or thirteen? Thirteen. Thirteen total. total. So ten. On the other hand, they may decide not to do Feast of Stephen because of, but maybe not. I hope not. So, anyway. Anyway, um, moving along. Did you guys know that the meddling monk was going to show up? <laughs> Shock and disbelief. <laughs> so you didn't know? I had no idea. I, I, I remembered in the back of my, once he showed up, I remembered, oh, this must be the one where I, he comes back. I in. couldn't remember if I had mentioned it. So many years ago, and we were talking about it. But uh, if you did, I knew I didn't you. Remember. I knew you would remember. But. No, I didn't remember anything. <laughs> I had hoped. I'm that... not even sure that I knew he came back. Quite. Oh, honestly. is that right? Yeah. yeah. And same actor too. So yeah, that was pretty cool. And they have the conver- little civil conversation between him and the doctor uh, about uh, how you doing? <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> I see you escaped from. Uh, your predicament, yeah. <laughs> how's, the, how's the tiny TARDIS? Yeah, it just, I thought that was, that was neat. Poor Sarah standing there confused the entire time. Yeah, it was, and Stephen say, I'll explain it to you later. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Do you know this guy? Yeah, I'll explain to you later. Um, How, is that the first instance of I'll explain later? <laughs> could be. It might be. It could be. Um... What's nice about this story is while it advances the plot for the Daleks, it kind of spins the wheels a little bit for the TARDIS team. However, it does start some traction for what's coming up. And that's what I appreciate Because obviously they leave things of, oh, we haven't seen the last of him. And yeah. You know you definitely haven't. And with, especially not even just in the story. I think what I like about this one, too, is... This one's the one that starts out with them, the Daleks, recognizing that they don't have the right uh, core. Core, yeah. And so, what I like about that is, after that opening setup, they go to our heroes who are being chased by somebody, 
And I think we automatically assume, oh, the Daleks have already caught up with them. They just got the time machine, brought it there, and took off. But right. they've already caught. They've already caught up with them. You think they've taken off, but we, we and so I they think it's actually. the neat yeah. little reveal later that it's the meddling monk that was chasing them that they kept seeing the blips on there, which. Also, I think the uh, the uh, setting down on the cricket pitch. The quick stops everywhere. I, I thought that was hilarious. And the two guys in the play-by-play are just, I can imagine, because I've never watched cricket, and I've definitely never watched cricket from the 1960s, but I could completely imagine that that's exactly how a cricket match is commentated on by the sportscasters of those things. And to just stay in that mode as... A mysterious police box materializes on the pitch. We have a few conversations about it, and then it dematerializes. And it's like it's like everyday cricket. It's like that just happens every day. <laughs> These guys are—they're not surprised. No poems, they're not excited. Nothing. It's just like it's like happenstance. It's like, that's, that's just being British. Yeah, I absolutely love that about that scene. Going back to what you said about the the spinning of the wheels when I was. Uh, with the the first episode, I felt like I was kind of spinning the wheels. This this segment in particular, I of feel this part. You mean? Uh, uh, yeah, these three stories that we're okay, viewing okay. today, I, I feel like we're spinning the wheels. But I don't mind that we're spinning the right. wheels, just because they've been so enjoyable. Because we we we've got the stealing of the ships, because we've got this farce in, in Hollywood, because we've got the the TARDIS on the pitch. I, the, just those kind of moments are like. Yeah, all right. I'm 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 kind of invested now. So you just kind of go ahead and do your thing, and I'll I'll, I'll follow along. I know that you're really only giving me. What did you say for? Yeah, <laughs> I'll get to that next week. <laughs> I won't spoil it then. But I I know you're only giving me so much story. And yeah, all right. I mean, I knew going into you, it. You can you see the padding when they <laughs> land in Terrafaga Square and they're celebrating, and they don't even get out of the TARDIS. <laughs> Which is another interesting thing because this probably would have been uh, aired on New Year's Day. So it's a, a lot of people point to the fact that oh, you know, Doctor Who did its first Christmas special in you know 1966 with Feast Stephen, and it aired on Christmas. Well, likely this one aired on New Year's Eve or New Year's Day. No, when did they? They New Year's Eve. No, it would have been gone out New Year's Day. So. This one went out New Year's Day, and they made a nod to the New Year's celebrations, with I thought, which I thought was kind of cool as well. So. so it was their first New Year's special as well. Yeah. They've only had one other. This one was arguably better. Oh, well, this one was much better. <laughs> <laughs> um, and some listeners are going, what are they talking about? Oh, yeah. It's yeah, like, well, that like. one. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, I mean, when when you go into it going, oh, it's a 13-part epic, it's like, mm, is it really? <laughs> you know? It's 13 parts. It's, is it an epic? Well, it's. I still think it's epic it's in epic. scope. It may not be epic in story, <laughs> in storytelling. There is still some padding somewhere. <laughs> um, it's, like, the, it's like that L. Ron Hubbard book have you that's gone like ahead 10 then? parts. Yeah. Like, it's coming? Yeah, okay. I've already finished, actually. Oh, okay. All right. You know, uh, I'm trying to get ahead for next week. Yes. We're halfway yes, there anyway. Yeah. We are halfway, <laughs> we are halfway <laughs> there. Yeah, you're right. I'm, I didn't well, want to try be, to cram. Oh, I'm going to be four, mainlining three, this stuff. Four episodes got, in in two oh, days. Oh, gosh. I've got garage sale for two days. I'm going to be mainlining Well, yeah, you'll be sitting there at your garage sale with your TV on. Uh, so actually, that might not be a bad idea. Well, my computer anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, so. No, yeah, I know where you're going and, with and, that. And, and somebody. I'm, I'm going to come over to your garage sale. And I'm going to flip out and go, do you have lost Doctor Who's for sale at this garage sale? I found them. 
Okay. It'll be funny. Um, anyway, so uh, anything else on this uh, story? Madeline Mott shows up. Doctor actually it's great uses, to have him back. Doctor actually uses a signet ring for a really yeah. good purpose there. Refract the sun's light into the lock to melt the mechanism that the meddling monk put in there. I thought the the plot the 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 meddling monks. You know, I'm gonna get back at the doctor. I'm gonna melt his lock. Really? That's how you're gonna get back at him? Yeah, all right. Well, it's it's almost especially like considering the, how easy it's, it's fixed. It, but it yeah. Well, that's true. But I don't think the monk expected that. And even even the. His just, reaction, I guess it just shows the incompetence of the monk. Well, I, I don't even think it's that much. I think it's because the doctors. It's it's like a friendly rivalry. It's not like the master, where I think that the doctor feels that the master, you know, is the, the doctor feels that the master, you know, is uh, a bad guy, and and you know, life is in 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 jeopardy when the master's around. When the monk's around, the monk obviously from the mentally monk. Uh, time meddler is you know he's in it for self-gain i don't think he's necessarily out to maliciously hurt anybody but people get you know hurt in the process uh, not dangerously hurt but you know things get hurt it's it's it's, it's almost like murder versus you know uh, downloading dvds you know it's just it's, <gasps> there's two different there's two different perspectives on 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 personal crime there and i think that the doctor realizes that and i think that feeling's mutual that I don't think the monk wants to. I mean, it's 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 good nature. No, it's not good nature. It's uh, it's mildly harmful uh, pranking. <laughs> pranking, and I don't even know if it's pranking. I mean, I think even the still, metal, it's not a very I think good the prank. monk wanted revenge, and so yeah. the best he could do was because obviously the door was locked. The monk wasn't going to be able to get into yeah, the TARDIS. That's true. The best he could do in that situation to strand the doctor as. The doctor he had just done him. to him. He's looking for revenge. I forgot that he couldn't get in. Yeah, yeah. So he he basically puts he puts a he must put a compound in the lock. We keep saying he melted the lock. He didn't. He put a compound in there that they couldn't put the key in. That's why the doctor right. had to reflect yeah. the the uh, energy from the sun into it in order to melt that. And then I, I think the difference is, that, is I think is what he says the maliciousness of it. Yeah. The, the, yeah, the, yeah. the entire plan in the, in the first episode, the monk is. He's like you said. He's out for personal gain. It's not out to. I'm not out to kill billions of people, right? Or right. conquer the world. I'm not out to conquer the world. I'm not teaming up with the Daleks. I just want to make some money, right? You know. And okay, well, you're doing it because you're manipulating time, and that's bad. And you can't change history, not one line, unless you're this guy, in which case you can. But okay, we're going to set that right, and then kind of jokingly still leave you here with the atomic cannon up on the hill <laughs> that I'm still upset about. <laughs> but all right. And uh, so now it's kind of back to that. Oh, I remember you. You're the one that gave me a wedgie in class. Right, well, exactly. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna do this, and yeah. you know. So it just, it very much feels like that frat boy kind of yes. yeah, it rivalry. Does. Um, and I sort of like that. That tends to <laughs> tilt a little bit in the next. Well, no, not necessarily. It's still, it's it, still it, almost it that way. And, so, yeah. 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 Doctor's better at it. Spoilers. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, Doctor's much better. <laughs> it, it, Spoilers. This one illustrates to me, though, <laughs> of course, how much... locked doors make a difference. <laughs> <laughs> Very much so. It illustrates to me how unfortunate we are that there aren't more monk stories. Because I, I feel like... It, this is one of those that if you wanted to bring him back once a doctor, I would have been on yeah. board with that. Going, right. oh, all right, yeah. And it yeah. would have just been a yeah. fun... 
Oh, no, I totally agree. Yeah, that would have been fun. Even if it was a different actor, because we, after we established that the Doctor could change faces, oh, we yeah. don't have to have the Monk change faces. Yeah, which obviously that's what Big Finish has done. Yeah, because they have a different actor playing. Well, because, what is it, Peter Butterfield? Is that the guy's Yeah, actor? Butterworth. Butterworth. Peter Butterworth. Obviously had passed, I think, by the time Big Finish tried to do their story. So That seems right. Very good. Anything else about uh, this particular arc that we're or, or uh, this part of our master plan? I find the comics what they're cutting out pretty interesting. It was most noticeable in this story when they cut out all the other stops. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, I, well, there's no cricket. There's no Trafalgar Square. I think that's the that's the thing. <laughs> they though, go straight they, to volcano. They, they cut piece of Stephen out because they knew they didn't need it. Because it, 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 there's really no, no gain for their, their telling of the story. And so I think in that same vein, they realized in this particular book oh, they yeah. didn't need that. And when you only want to have so many pages anyways. I mean, right. that's, the, that's the fluff to cut. Yeah. And I s- Still enjoying the cliff notes of the comic book, though. I think that it, it really helps, especially when you're on a string of this one. With If we hadn't done the animation, this would have been the dry stretch of this is all recreation. This is all reconstruction. In fact... If you count animation, it is still reconstruction. So uh, we don't get another moving one for a few yet. So, which I think, Sean, uh, what's coming up on the schedule? Well, coming up on the schedule is part four of the Daleks Master Plan. We will, for us, it's part four. We will actually be doing our master plan. Yeah. Part four of our master plan. We'll actually be doing of their master plan 9, 10, 11, and 12. So we're going to do four episodes next uh, week or later this week uh, to finish it off. Uh, The Golden Death which, again, Loose Cannon's uh, reconstruction. Escape Switch, which is an actual uh, surviving episode, which can be found on the Lost in Time box set. The Abandoned Planet, back to Loose Cannon. And Destruction of Time, back to Loose Cannon. Which, I don't know, Destruction of Time kind of sounds like maybe they telegraphed the ending. <laughs> <laughs> I, guess, I guess we'll find out. <laughs> I know the show continues, so maybe not. Cool. And then we'll be finishing off the, uh, the, the comic book as well. All right, very good. Anything else we need to add this time before we move on? Or close this show, I suppose. All right. If that's going to do it for this week, until next week, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. Thanks for listening. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied.